our commitment. It was about nine years ago, almost to this date, that we moved into this beautiful edifice that the Lord has blessed us with. Man, we were an excited group of people. God had brought it all together, brought to fruition that that he had spoken many years prior into our lives as a people. And I look back over the years and I physically see those individuals that God has sent to fill voids. Amen. I look at this dynamite band that we've got. Answer prayer. I look at all of our leaders, our board, our teachers. I look at all the members, all of you faithful folk who are sitting in the pews today and say in all my heart, to God be all the glory for the great things that the Lord has done. I don't want to shock anybody, but this is just the beginning. So the Lord challenged my heart to minister to us today on the topic of renewing our commitment. How many know that at times we can get stagnant? How many know that at times that we can get lackadaisical? How many know that at times we can severely miss the mark and come way short of the glory that God desires to receive of our lives? Come on, don't, I mean, don't, don't, don't y'all get too quiet now. I know you've just been a part of a dynamic worship and I hope that that's broken up the fallow ground of your soul and you're ready to receive the Word of God. As Brother Steve has already pointed to this known fact, we never refer to people here as guests. If there's something about your visit here that's not pleasant, then you may never come again. Isn't that the way it is if we visit a bad restaurant? Hello, saints. If we stay in a, in a, in a dumpy hotel, are the chances likely that we're going to stay there again? No. Studies have proven that about 10 seconds after a person has entered into a worship facility, they're determined whether or not they'll come again. So I want to leave a lasting impression on your heart. Would all my folks look around and see all these beautiful faces that have graced our presence today here at Harvest, those folks that are our special guests, and give them a great Harvest Church welcome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As we are standing together, could I encourage us to the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter number 22, verses 37 and 38, 37 and 38. And we understand that the scriptures themselves record numerous references that address the believer's commitment and the various aspect of life. They include our families, our neighbors, our, our employers, the church itself, our health, and in all things that we say and do. These are the words of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 23, 37, 38, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first 
and great commandment. Come on, who believes the Lord is worthy? You ought to help your neighbor right now, amen? You ought to help your neighbor, praise the Lord, to understand, come to grips with the fact that the Lord is worthy, amen? Not only is the Lord great, but the Lord is greatly to be praised, amen? Praise the Lord. Somebody ought to help Sister Misty praise him. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what hell the person beside you has been through this week. You ought to help them praise him. Oh, yeah. Maybe the sun shined on you all week long, but it's clouded up and rained on somebody in this place. We ought to help them give God the glory. That's justly do his name. Amen. The scriptures admonish us. They encourage and exhort us. Give thanks unto the Lord and to bless his name. I don't want this to be a secret. Matter of fact, I think it's already out. But the Lord's presence is in the building. Yeah, the Lord's presence is in the building. He's even challenging hearts right now. Before we even dive into the meat of this word, he's challenging hearts already. I want you to feel the liberty at any time that the Holy Ghost ministers to your heart to come to the altar of God. I promise you, if I'm in fifth gear, somebody will come and pray with you. Amen. So whatever impression that the Lord makes on your heart today, you need to have a willing heart and a free spirit. And come and let God minister to you. Amen. We need to leave it in the Lord's hands. Praise God. Because he's already told us the battle doesn't belong to us. The battle belongs to him. What a powerful prayer. Powerful word from God in the scriptures today. What it tells us, friend of mine, is that our chief commitment is to God and to his service. Every fiber of our being, every facet of our lives must be committed to loving and serving our God. Am I right? Jesus warned us in advance, didn't he? Didn't Jesus warn us in advance, Brother Marty? You know what he said to us? Look at Luke 9, 23, 24. This is what Jesus said. He said, discipleship is costly. Right? Jesus said, discipleship is costly. For he tells us in those verses, Luke 9, 23, 24, if any man will come after me, then deny himself. Do what? Take up whose cross? Not Jesus' cross. Take up your cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whosoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I'm talking about renewing our commitment. You know what he says in the next verse? What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Anybody in Harvest today want to renew your commitment to God? I need to see a wave. I need to see a hand somewhere. Who would say, I want to renew my commitment 
unto God. I want to tell you what the true cost of commitment to Christ is. The true cost of commitment to Christ is self-denial, self-sacrificing, cross-bearing, continual love for Jesus. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Man, what a power of God, presence of God that's in this place today. I wouldn't want to miss it. I wouldn't want to miss it. For the Lord's talking to the body of Christ, the believers. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I even understand what commitment is. I'm not, I don't know if I'm really up to speed with what commitment is. Commitment is the state or the quality of being dedicated. Another interchangeable word would be the word devoted. We could also add another word to that, the word faithfulness. So God's calling us today to renew our dedication, to renew our devotion. He's challenging the body of believers at Harvest Church to renew our faithfulness to him and his service. Total commitment to God. The word total means complete. It means absolute. Amen? In other words, in summation, it simply means that Jesus is the sole authority of our lives. He's our guiding light. He is our unerring compass. Somebody said I, unerring. I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. It means he's always right. It means that Jesus is always accurate. And if we trust him, Brother Khan, to be our compass, there's no way that we can go wrong. They tell me that if you will find the North Star, anybody hear me, that it always leads us in the direction of the North. It doesn't matter where you are globally or hemispherically. If you look for the North Star, that's going to give you your bearings. I want to tell you the Bible said that Jesus was the bright and the morning star. Jesus said he was the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Today, Jesus is our unerring compass. It's not hard to see that many are obsessed today in our world. Matter of fact, it's pretty easy. People are obsessed with political figures. They're obsessed with environmental. It blows my mind, the wildlife that we want to save while people die and go to hell. It blows my mind. Amen. I heard a story about a, a, a freeway um, in California. And they discovered that they, um, they, they couldn't build this freeway because uh, it destroyed the natural habitat of a rat. Are y'all getting this? A rat of all things. And I thought to myself, where I'm from, a rat is a rodent. And nobody likes rats. But conservationists said, we've got to reserve 2,000 acres of land so that these rats can mate and produce offspring. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, what has happened to humanity? Amen. So it's not difficult to see that people are obsessed with all types of things. They're obsessed with lifestyles and all systems of beliefs. They're even obsessed with sports teams. Amen. 
obsessed. I'm a fan, I'm just not a fanatic. You understand? But as Christians, we must be devout to loving and serving our God. What does devout mean? It means deeply dedicated. We need to be deeply dedicated to both loving and serving our God. Half measures won't cut it, somebody. We need to come to truth with ourselves and understand that it's just no good with God. Why? Because we are either in or we're out. I spoke last Sunday on the subject of lukewarm Christianity. The Bible says that we're either in or we're out. Jesus said, I would that you were either hot or cold. But because you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Help me, Holy Ghost. So I'm going to challenge the body of believers gathered here today at Harvest to renew our commitment unto God. There are no half measures. Sister K said, you can't patty Katie. You might as well go ahead and give the Lord praise. You can't sidestep it, amen. You're either all in or you're all out. Hallelujah. And here's the truth, my friend. It's going to cost us something to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter number 8 and verse 61. 1 Kings 8 and 61. This is Solomon. David and Solomon. Listen. He says, let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord your God. To walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. What was happening there, saints of God? They were dedicating the temple that was erected in the honor of God. And Solomon, the son of David, challenges the people of Israel to do what? To be Devout. That's an interchangeable word for loyal. He challenges them to be devout, to be deeply dedicated. But do you know what the essence of devotion is? Obedience. The essence of devotion is obedience. Don't ever stand in the company of a Christian that says, I don't understand why God doesn't want me happy. God ain't never concerned about us being happy. Y'all missed it. I saw that part the waters. Y'all missed it. What is God concerned about? Our being obedient. Help me, saints. God is concerned about our being obedience. Obedience comes from the word obey. And the word obey means to carry out given orders. It means to follow the guidance and the instructions of one who is in authority. How many know that God's the sovereign ruler of the earth? Matter of fact, God's the sovereign ruler of the universe. Let's get this straight. And how many know that if we're going to take orders from anybody, that would be a good place to start? Amen. He's the self-existent eternal creator of the ends of the earth. And if he gives us a commandment, an authoritative order, praise the Lord, I am going to submit to that. Number one, because obedience is better than a sacrifice. Praise the Lord. We don't submit to God because we're obligated. Touch your neighbor, say, baby, 
You don't submit to God to earn salvation. You don't submit to God to earn God's favors. Anybody listening to me? Then why do we submit to God? I'm so glad you asked. Why do we submit to God? Can I bless somebody at Harvest Church today and tell you why we give God our everything? We give God our everything because God gave his everything to us. That's good preaching right there. Amen. Because he gave. If you didn't learn anything in your life, you learned John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God gave the best. God gave the best. That's why I am devoted unto God. Because God didn't take any shortcuts. Hello? God didn't take any detours. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But God gave the best that heaven had. So it's only fair that I would give my all to him. Oh, praise the Lord. He said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Amen. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God will take a nobody to tell everybody about somebody that can change anybody. You missed it, but it's to God's truth. Amen? He don't call to qualify. He qualifies. Amen? He qualifies the called. That's good preaching. Amen? Jesus exchanged his righteousness for the sin of humanity. That's the greatest transaction, Brother PJ, that the world has ever seen. Somebody said, whoa, I won the lottery. Amen. It don't even compare to what God did for you through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest transaction in all the world. He disrobed of his royal majesty and left the throne of heaven to come down to earth and die for the sins of all humanity. If you're looking for a place to shout, honey, it just walked by your aisle. Being devoted to a cause can be both good or bad. Y'all need to hear me. Being devoted to a cause can be good or bad, depending on the object of your devotion. Let that marinate. I want that to sink into your spirit. Because being devoted can be a good thing. You know, like Facebook. It can be good. Like them telephones. They can be good. They can be bad. What matters is the object of your devotion. What are you deeply dedicated to? This won't come as a shocker. People are devoted, are devoted to Buddhism. You listening? People are devoted to Catholicism. They worship the Virgin Mary. People are devoted to L. Ron Hubbard the founder of the Church of Scientology. Y'all might well say amen or oh me. It's the truth. But I want to tell you something. Glory to God. 
Those people are devoted to a belief system that is misguided. Lord, help me just a few more minutes. Do you know what the ba- one of the basic tenets of the Church of Scientology is? Let me enlighten you. One of the basic tenets or, 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 or principal beliefs of the Church of Scientology is that human beings are immortal. Look it up. You don't have to take my word for it. Wikipedia don't lie. Y'all never heard the internet don't lie. I'm just saying. L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of the Church of Scientology, bases one basic tenet or core principle or belief on the fact that humans are immortal. I'll tell you one thing. L. Ron Hubbard is in for one rude awakening. God Almighty, Holy Ghost, help me. Preacher, how do you know? Because I know what the Word of God said. I know the Bible said in the book of Hebrews 9 and 27. Help me, somebody. It is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. Amen. You're going to, glory to God, somebody. L. Ron Hubbard said, we're going to live forever. But thus saith the Word of the living God. It's appointed unto men once to die and after death we're going to the judgment that's going to include L. Ron Hubbard that's going to include Tom Cruise Lee Remini and the whole rest of the church of Scientology you say preacher I don't know if I want to accept that or not well I can't help whether you want to accept it or not here's the one foundational truth it has already been laid before us as a man a what a divine decree God said it and it's going to come to pass I don't care how much degrees you got I can't help how much education you got there is no transmigration from body to body help me Holy Ghost Brother Jonathan Ramkasun said those Buddhists believe they're going to be reincarnated and the reason they look like they're about to die over there is them good old fat cows will walk right by them and they won't slaughter them. Jonathan said, thank God for Jesus Christ. Jonathan said, I'm having dinner with my family and I'm cutting into a nice juicy steak. When one of my relatives grabs my hand and says, Jonathan, you could be eating grandmother. Jonathan said, I proceeded to cut that T-bone. I looked down at that fork and said, grandmother, if this is you, you sure look good. You sure look good. Woo! Glory to God. Ain't nobody want to help me. I got some news. Amen. For L. Ron Hubbard. I got some news for the Buddhists. I got some news for the Catholics. I got some news for the Church of Scientology. We are not immortal. We are appointed unto death. And then after death, the judgment. Renewing. Our commitment. I got to fix this. I done tow it up. I got to fix this. There is no transmigration from body to body. 
Can I bless somebody? There is no metapsychosis. I mean, can I preach this? There is none of that. What is that? Amen. It's reincarnation after death, the rebirth of a soul in a new body. How many of you know that in the book of Revelation, when John said, I saw, how many of you know that John was looking at everybody that ever lived, that ever died, and was standing, resurrected before the God of heaven and earth? You ain't going to get nobody else's body. You're going to get your own body. You're not going to get someone else's soul. Your soul is immortal. Somebody missed it. I didn't say anything about the body being immortal. Not yet, not yet, not yet. But the soul will live forever. Ah, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Would it be all right if I shout? I ain't got to ask y'all. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. You say, what are you talking about? I say, amen. All the way back in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, the Bible said from the dust of the earth, God created man and he looked at him. He was the prize of all of creation, but it was just laying there a form. Oh my God from heaven without life. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Somebody said, preacher, you won't there. You don't know what, I tell you one thing. I know the Bible said it and I believe it. Amen. I don't know if God stooped down. I don't know. I don't know what. Amen method God used. But I do know this. I know the Bible said that God breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils and man became a living soul. And from that moment glory to God, we'll never glory to God. Amen. Die in soulish form. That's right. Our soul's going to spend eternity somewhere. Heaven or hell. People don't preach on it. We're going to live forever. Uh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You say, preacher, you know you don't believe. Just as sure as my name, Terry. I believe that, amen, because I know who gave me life. I know, amen, I know, amen, who I am and in whom I do believe. We're going to live somewhere. We're going to live in the peaceful splendor of heaven. Or the awful torment of hell. But we're going to spend somebody, uh, we're going to spend eternity somewhere. Preacher, you can't tell our youngins that kind of, our youngins need to know this kind of stuff. You can't tell our youngins this. They got to live their life. They got to enjoy it. Let me tell you something, amen. The Bible tells us it is appointed. You're going to die. After that, you're going to judgment. Don't you tell my babies that and scare them. Don't you tell them, let them live their life. Amen. God, God sure does understand. God understands that he ain't a man. What else does God understand? God understands that he can't lie. God understands if he said it, he's big enough to honor it. Y'all might as well help me. And we need to tell our babies to flee from sin. That's right. Because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. It takes total commitment to God, Chris. It takes total loyal devotion unto God. Isn't that right? It's time for us, amen. I'm talking to Harvest Church. Say, preacher, you ought not say this. We got guests here. Well, the guests need to know it too. We need to get right or we're going to get left. Amen. We need to get right or we're going to get left. 
The truth of the matter is, amen, there's going to be none of this transmigration from body to body. There's going to be no metempsychosis, amen. Uh, you're going to get another soul and another body after you die because Paul refutes that in his letter to the Corinthian believers in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and beginning at verse 50. I got a whole lot to cover, so y'all might as well hold the reins, honey. I got at least 10 more steps after I finish this point. Are you ready? Paul says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Say preach preacher. Behold I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be I can't hear nobody. I said we shall not all sleep but we shall all be oh glory to God. Not metaphor but transformed. Boy that'll preach. This is how fast he says this is going to happen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ, whoa, hallelujah to God, what are they going to do? They're going to be raised, aren't they? They're going to be raised, and we shall be changed. Praise the Lord. Look what he says. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, one translation would say, oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. What is Paul telling us? Paul says that one day we're going to be given new bodies. Yeah. You know what kind of body? One without physical handicaps. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Anybody listen to me? You won't have to wear glasses anymore. You won't have to wear hearing aids no more. You won't have to use wheelchairs anymore. Brother Buddy, you threw that cane down. We won't have to use canes anymore. Why? Because we're going to get a brand new body. Somebody ought to help me in this place today. Amen. Paul said this corruptible, it's capable of sin. It's capable of decay. But Paul said God's got one reserved for us. Amen to God that sickness can't harm it. Paul said that our bodies will never get sick. Paul said we're going to get a body that will never succumb to suffering, never be bothered by heartache, never be overcome with pain. Paul said we're going to get bodies that will never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever die. We're going to live on forever. Am I right? Somebody say, how in the world is that going to take place? Brother, somebody, how is that going to happen? There's only one way. There's only one way. By the transforming power of God. That's right. That same power that stood before a tomb of a dead man who'd been in that grave for four days and God called him by his name and the scripture said he came out of that grave bound 
when Jesus said, loose, loose him and let him go. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? How am I going to have a body that won't be susceptible to pain, to heartache, to suffering? How am I going to have a body that'll never get sick? Brother Anthony, how in God's name am I ever going to have a body that's never going to know heartache, pain, and woe anymore? Because I'm going to be changed by the transforming power of God. And then Revelation says, amen, we're going to be with him, Brother Wayne, and he's going to be our God, and we're going to be his people. Amen, I'll tell you one thing, the commercial got it all wrong, because it indeed don't get no better than that. It don't get no better than that. The scripture says as long as God himself shall live, we're going to live with God. You ought to tell that devil that tried to kill you last week, I'm going to live forever. You ought to moon walk on and say, hey, buster. <laughs> Woo. I got to watch that. Some of y'all be at the club. Hold on. You ought to tell the enemy in hell that tried to defeat you, I'm going to live forever. Huh? Sent all kinds of things to destroy us, but we're still here. Can I preach this? Somebody said, preacher, how can I stay totally committed to God? You got time for this? I got about 10 steps. I got about 10 steps on how we can stay Totally committed to God. What does stay mean? It means to continue. The word stay means to remain. How many want to remain? How many want to stay? How many want to continue in your commitment to, the, to God? Amen. Amen. How can I do it? It's sad. It's sad for me to report this in your presence today. But many Christians struggle with their lives and don't know exactly what to do. Many Christians struggle with their commitment to God. And don't know what to do. And the Lord just dropped this in my spirit over the course of this week. I said, Lord, just help me to present it in a manner. Lord, that would be pleasing unto you and that our people would grasp. that our, God, that our people would just get a hold of it. So I got, I got ten steps that will tell us how to stay totally committed to God. Number one, let's examine our faith and die our life on a regular basis. Examine our faith. That's our walk. That's our walk. I'm, I, I, listen, some folks are taking notes. So I'm going to try to take this a step at a time. I'm going to try to take this a step at a time. Examine our life slash our faith on a regular basis. One of the best ways the Lord helped me to, to, to present this was a A car. A car. Yeah, you know one of them things you crawl in got all kind of gauges. Now, we know the one everybody pays attention to. That's the fuel gauge. How many has ever ran out of gas? That ain't pleasant, is it? I, I saw some people standing on the side of the road not too long ago going fishing run out of gas. And then just made fun of it. Just, you know, I'm like, that's the way, that's the way to lighten the mood. Just make, just make fun of it. Ain't but one way I'm going to run out of gas. That's if my gauge is bad. 
Yeah. Hello? You say, preacher, I mean, I mean, how can you relate this? How can you relate this to examining one's life or one's faith on a regular basis? How long are you going to ride around in a car with no oil in it? How many of y'all even know what an oil light is? It's a little can. It's, it, it's a little can with a drop coming from it that's displayed on your display panel in your car. It's a picture. You ain't got to read. Just look at the picture. How many know that other one, that low tire pressure gauge? That's a picture too. Huh? What's it telling you? It's telling you you need air. Let me bless you and tell you what else it's telling you. You're going to buy new tires if you don't get air. Oh, Lord, somebody. Some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know. Let me tell you what your young ones will do. They'll let that thing burn till it goes out. It, go, it ain't going to go. I mean, you know. And you say to them, honey, baby, that light's on for a reason. It means you got low tire pressure. But as long as you keep buying their tires. long as you keep enabling them, they ain't worrying about no low tire pressure gauge. You crawl in it and it says maintenance required. What that mean? Somebody said, that means get serviced. What you going to do when it knock off on you on the side of the road? Because you didn't get it serviced. And you get mad at everybody else. But the sole responsible person, you. Now, the automobile manufacturers put that in there for a reason. Hello, somebody. Shade tree mechanics can't cut it this day and time. You got to take that thing to the repair shop where it's cha-ching, cha-ching. Preach, Pastor. You preaching now, boy. I'm trying to tell you. You preaching. I got nine more points to make. So what am I trying to say? Check your fluids regularly. Check your spirituality regularly. Check where you stand in your faith and your walk with God regularly. Look at 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Can you say that real loud for me? You either saved... Or you ain't. My grandma said, you a saint or a ain't. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Got to move on. That's point one. Let's go to number two. Turn back immediately when drifting. Turn back immediately when drifting. Lord, help me. The Lord helped me promote this idea with a car too. I, I guess you found out by now I like cars. It's just like driving. How many got lane assist? Y'all got lane assist on your vehicles? Little flashing light on the side of your mirror. It lets you know when something's in your blind spot. Little beeper come on. Let you know when you're drifting in the other lane. We got this gadget on, on, on our car that it knows the speed limit where you are. 
And if it drops from 55 to 45, it's like beep, 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 beep. It's telling you to slow down and you're about to get a ticket. A blessing. But what happens if we don't heed those? You know what the Holy Ghost is? You better preach this, preacher. The Holy Ghost is our lane assist. The Holy Ghost is the rumple strip. Can I get an amen, somebody? Somebody said, what's a rumple strip? That's them things on the side of 95. When you, when you drift and beyond the white line, they say, and they wake you up. That's a rumple strip. And it's put there for a reason. Hello? It's put there for a reason. It's put there to wake you up when you're going to sleep. Hello, somebody. Boy, this is good preaching. Amen. Examine your faith regularly. Turn back immediately when you find yourself drifting. You're going to know, saint of God. Every saint of God is going to know when their life starts drifting. Just like a Christian will when they become distant from God. Am I preaching? Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If you don't heed the warnings, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself wrapped around a tree. Amen. If you don't get, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Heed the warning signs. Stay in your lane. Amen. The Holy Ghost is our lane assist. Glory to God. Slash our rumple strips. And he warns us when we get out of line. Doesn't he? Got to move on. Step number three. Come to God daily for forgiveness and cleansing of sin. When? Here's our famous approach to God. Well, Lord, if I sinned. You can omit the if. If you live in you sinned. Glory to the Lamb of God. Aren't you glad God don't write us off according to our sin? I got to hurry. I got to hurry. You know there's only one sin God can't handle. That's unconfessed sin. Unrepentant sin. Isn't that right? What does 1 John 1 and 9 say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How is that possible? When we confess our sins. If we don't confess them, then they are not dealt with properly. Preach, pastor, preach. Our relationship with God becomes strained and distant when we fail to confess our sins. Well then, pastor, you, I mean, give me some motivation. I mean, tell me why I should confess my sin. We should confess our sin because God loves us and he forgives us. He loves us and he forgives us. Step number four, seek the Lord with all your heart daily. Seek the Lord with all your heart. You know what the word seek means? It means, it means search for. It means hunt. It means pursue. When? Every day. Every day. Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter number 28 and verse 9. This is a lengthy one now. 
I should have told you we're going to be all over the Bible today because we are. We're all over the Bible. As for you, my son, Solomon, know the God of your father. Serve him with a loyal heart, with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, you hear me? But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. But pastor, you just said God loves and forgives. I know what I just said. But if Brother PJ, if we consciously, consciously reject God, he's going to do what? He's going to cast us off. Jesus said, many will come in my name. Saying, I am he, but from such turn away. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Didn't Jesus say that? Jesus said, many will say, we've cast out devils in your name. We've laid hands on the sick and they got well. Jesus said, I will say unto you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. What does that mean? They were never saved to begin with. David is challenging Solomon to be a man who tends his heart and his inner thoughts. What would you say to Harvest Church today? Set your heart on God. Set your heart on God. For God will not reject or either will God ignore A truly repentant, persistent person who seeks after him with their whole heart. Didn't he say through the prophets? If you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart. That's word, ain't it? That's word, somebody. Step number five. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Study and learn God's word every day. What did I say the word stay means? The word stay means to continue. The word stay means to remain. Once a week, some of y'all throw your Bible in the truck and won't pick it up till next Sunday. You say, preacher, people don't do that. Yes, they do. I see them in the back dash of their cars all the time. And the sun has warped the covers because people don't take them out and read them. Go to their homes and Wipe dust off the Bible. I, listen, I know, some, I know some of you technologically advanced people today don't even carry Bibles. I know. It's on your phone. Lord, help us. We'd be in a mess if it weren't on that phone. I'm glad it is now. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to tell you what, them batteries and them phones die. You lose charges sometimes to them phones. And how many know there's such a thing as a dead zone? We got them right here in Robinson County. What, what, what was it the famous commercial used to say? Can you hear me now? Praise the Lord, somebody. Nothing like a tangible copy of the Lord's Word. Nothing like the effort that it takes to apply it to our daily lives. 
Nothing like picking up the word of God and gleaning from it for yourself. I got to move. You say, Pastor, what, what, what are you trying to say? Proverbs 4 and 13. Proverbs 4 and 13. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. This is Solomon now. This is Solomon, the wise man that fell. How'd he fall? He loved women. He loved women. Brother Lester Hunt said, I love women too, preacher. I said, me too, Brother Lester. I love women. He said, Peel, you tell the preacher why I love women. She said, Lester, you tell him. Every time I visit Uncle Lester, he said, we're your pretty wife. He would, Brother Ernie. That was just him. He said, I love women, preacher, because my mama was a woman. I said, well, son, in that case, I love them too. Amen? Come on, saints of God. You never knew God had such a sense of humor, did you? Read God's word often. If you do so, it will regularly promote growth as the word of God comes to life in each of our own individual lives. Oh, that's step number five. Number six, stay in fellowship with other believers. Stay in fellowship with other believers. I ain't got to go to church. I can get what I need here at the house on the television. Lord, have mercy. You will send somebody you know your life savings, and you know me your whole life and won't help me. Jesus said, know them that labor among you. Amen. Stay in fellowship with other believers. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know what that's called? Church. As is the manner of some but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Preacher, what does that mean? Go to church. Christian life is not to be lived alone. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Do you know that the company of others strengthens you? I said, the company of other believers strengthens us. Praise the Lord. The musicians are coming. Point number seven, stay strong in your faith. Stay strong in your faith. Continue in your faith. Remain in your faith. Pastor, what does that mean? Possess the power to overcome. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Is that good preaching? Stay strong in your faith. I really need to help some. Can I pause for just a minute to help somebody? And you're sitting here this morning under your breath, and you're saying to yourself, I'm a Christian. I don't have any problems, the preacher talking about. Man, I'm in good standing with the Lord. Me and him commune every day. That stuff, that stuff don't apply to me. 
Don't sit there and look at me like a mule at a new gate. I know what I'm talking about. A puppy in a new pen. Don't look at me that way because I witness it all the time. And I got some sad news for you. If you ain't struggling with the devil, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Brother PJ, can I help somebody? Son, I tell you what, I'm fit right now to help somebody. Can I help you? If you ain't struggling with the devil, must be riding the same bus. What? I got to rise out of y'all? If you ain't struggling with the devil, y'all on the same bus. If you ain't convicted by none of this stuff I said, you and the devil riding shotgun. I don't care. I ain't up for re-election. I'm just going to tell you the God's loving truth. We better get right or we're going to get left. We need to renew our commitment to God. We've got lazy, grown apathetic, unconcerned. Churches are dying. Because they won't heed the preached word of God. Brother Con, this is the truth, son. I'm here to tell you right now. Y'all know me as long as God's enabled me to be the pastor of this church, I'm going to give you what God gives me. I'm going to give you what God gives me. Truth is, if you ain't struggling with the devil, if you ain't fighting the good fight of faith, you go to church, somebody testify, the devil been on my back all week. If you ain't done nothing for God, you need to quit lying. But now let me tell you something. If you're busy advancing the kingdom of God, you can brace yourself. Anytime you're promoting the goodwill of the body of Christ, you can get ready. Because the devil is coming at you with every weapon in his arsenal. Are you with me? He's going to even use them sitting on the pew side of you to talk about you. Yeah. Yeah. What did the enemy do to Judas? He provoked the heart of Judas. To do what? To betray Jesus. We read it in, in, in St. John's Gospel, chapter 13, this morning. But what did Jesus do? He got out, he got out a, a pail of water and he began to wash their feet. Did he quit loving them? No, he kept loving them. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I'm asked the board to get ready. You guys get the elements ready. Amen. Lock the doors. I don't want nobody leaving. I'm telling you, I don't want nobody leaving. This was ordained for us on this day. I want to, I don't, I want to tell you point number eight, persevere, persevere, persevere. What are you trying to say, preacher? The word persevere means what? To go on in spite of the difficulties. That's what persevere means. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 15 and 16. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Persevere, persevere, persevere. My God, somebody, stand your ground. You can't fail. Failure is not an option. Stand your ground. Number nine, run this race called life to win. Run it 
to win. Brother Dwayne, I love that t-shirt you used to have. I don't know if you still got it, but you might. That t-shirt said, you didn't beat me. I let you win. What? They probably sold thousands of them. Are y'all getting the point? Are y'all getting the point? If you're going to win, if you're going to enter a race, don't enter the place. Enter the win. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, somebody. My son will walk in. He say, you watching the game? We losing. I say, son, it's the first quarter. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He'll walk in. He say, man, we down by 10. We down by 13. I said, boy, we ain't even got to halftime yet. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't. If you're going to enter the race, Brandon, enter the race to win the race. Don't enter the place. Don't succumb to second best. Get the best God's got for you, Robbie. Let the devil in hell know you mean business. And you are in it to win it. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. I ain't in it to place. I'm in it to win it. Stand with me all over this building. I'm in it to win it. Praise the Lamb of God. Paul said to the Corinthians in, in, in Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now they do it to contain, obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Don't just enter. Enter to win. Enter to win. Point 10. Be celebratory. Remind yourself of past victories. Remind yourself of past victories. Look at Hebrews 10, 32. Recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. Go to verse 39, baby. 10 and 39. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, we are not those. I dare you now. I dare. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, we are not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We're winners. Come on, say we're winners. It's your winning season. Come on. You're a winner. Y'all ain't, ain't going to help me. Y'all scared. It's your winning season. The song said everything attached to me wins. Y'all won't decree that today in the presence of God. You are not a loser. You are not the victim. But you are a victor through the blood of Jesus Christ. Today we renew our commitment unto the Lord our God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I said I don't want anybody leaving the building. The brothers have at my wish prepared elements for Holy Communion. And today we need to make a vow. We do. We need to make a vow in the very presence of God. I want to ask you a question, Harvest Church. How committed are we to God? How committed 
are we to God? For God cannot occupy second place. God must be Lord of all. Can I pray for you? And I want every person today in these four walls that's convicted in their heart to take part in Holy Communion to remain with us in this place. Father God, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that it is forever settled in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us instruction, Lord. Through the great men of old, you have given us direction. Lord, through the presence of the Holy Ghost who abides within us, you speak to our hearts on a daily basis. Lord, when we drift out of our lane, it's the Holy Ghost that says, glory to God, get back in your lane. Lord, when we're growing distant and cold and indifferent towards you, it's the Holy Spirit that reminds us of the great things that you've done for us. God, when we feel like giving up, it's your presence on the inside of us that tells us to keep going. Even when the enemy says, there's no way we're going to win the race. It's your spirit inside us that tells us we are called to win and not to fail. Would you add your blessing to this congregation of people today that have gathered in our presence? Father God, that each of us would today renew our commitment to you, the Lord our God. This is my prayer by faith in Jesus' name.